to say in response to that, no, I am a child of God. And from that identity, I'm going to do things as God leads me that are both uncomfortable and I'm unsure of, but I know who's with me and I know who's going to guide my steps. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. We are so glad you're here today. Drew, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing good. What's going on right now is I'm hitting a Coke Zero. At <laughs> noon, because I or at one, because I need it. What time uh, is it there? Are you two or makes, three years? That makes you want a Dr. Pepper Zero here in a little bit. That's my jam. So is that your jam, Dr. Yeah. Pepper Zero? That's the deal. Yeah, it's cherry. It's so delicious. Cream soda, regular. Oh, so you're like a variety guy. Yeah. Mm. But, okay. It's funny because right. the zeros taste much better than the diet for some reason, and they're probably both yes. bad for you, but. I like yeah. the taste of the zeros and uh, whatever they're doing with that, the magic in the lab, if you will, is working. So, yeah. And I need the caffeine. Like I know coffee is what most people will go with. I'm not a big yeah. coffee drinker. And if I don't have the caffeine, I really, I honestly don't know what I would do. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm clueless and I have no idea of, of how I would get through my day on the level that I do. So it's yay. Once you start, <laughs> if you start fasting, especially caffeine, you notice really quick how much your body <laughs> is used to it. And oh, yeah. it also makes you think like, oh man, this isn't good for me. But then the next day yep. rolls around. You're like, oh, more caffeine. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, Can I get an energy? Can I get four energy drinks? That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. I know. It was, I'm, I'm crazy. Before I preach, I'll I don't normally drink energy drinks, um, but sometimes before I preach, I'll down one. And it was funny at our men's retreat we had, I had this, it was like a sour patch uh, type of energy drink. Oh, from Ghost? Was it from yeah. the company Ghost? Yeah, yep, that one. I've had those. They have the blue raspberry and they have the red raspberry. Yeah, And it's it's one I bought because I saw it as like, oh, I like sour patch and I've had it for like months and months. And so I brought it up to men's retreat. I kept it in the fridge. I brought it to the service and I'm just sipping on it because I know that it's probably going to make me go insane or give me a stomach ache if I oh, down yeah. the whole thing. So I'm sipping it sure. and I show my, uh, our senior pastor and I was like, Hey, I I'm trying out this new drink. He's like, you're trying, you're, you're testing a brand new energy drink right before you preach. He's like, that's dangerous. It is. It's like, but I need the caffeine. So this is what I had in my fridge. We're doing it. Right. I've. So I drink, I drink an energy drink every Sunday morning. Right now, my go-to is uh, the company Rain, mm -hmm. and I get the white gummy bear flavor. Nice. I don't know. People have told me that it's like the least attractive flavor, but <laughs> I, I really like it. Attractive um, visually? No, just oh, okay. I guess taste. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I hit one of those. And I, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm locked in. But there are some moments on stage where if I get really worked up that I almost feel a little like, oh, a little lightheaded. <laughs> so I'm still, I, I still believe, I really do. I believe that there is going to be one day where I'm going to either have to have somebody go get me a stool or I'm going to like pass out <laughs> on stage or something. Cause I, I feel like I pushed the limits a little bit. Well, but, what's tough too is it. 
you have two services and so do we. So yep. it's like you're, you're pumped for the first one because you just drank it, right. but then you start to crash. So you're like, do you have another one? Like, what do you, <laughs> you have no. two? Okay. No, <laughs> no, I don't have another one. But man, as soon as I hit, uh, as soon as I hit lunch, yeah, I'm like it. a zombie. I'm like, mm-hmm. when are we, can we go home? Can I take a nap? <laughs> yeah. That's the deal, oh, man. Boy. The joy. So what are we talking about? Today, caffeine. We're talking about caffeine addiction, habits. right? That was habits regarding our caffeine. Oh, yeah. habits. Okay. So, I was at the Global Leadership Summit recently, beginning of August, and I've been going for a few years now. And it's something at our church. We just all our, all of us pastors go and people in leadership, and it's it's awesome. It's it's something where they have their main campus, and then they have satellite campuses everywhere. So you can we go to another church, and they host it and provide snacks and fun stuff to be a part of the event as you watch it live stream from Chicago, I think. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I love Craig Groeschel and he puts it on and uh, yep. there's always awesome speakers. It's two days. So anyway, I'm promoting it. If you, if you haven't heard of it, uh, it's, it's worth going, especially if you have a team and want to get them, you know, something to learn from other people. Absolutely. And so uh, the cool part is we went and the host church had a gift basket and it had every book from the speakers. And there's probably 12 to 15 books in this basket, tons of books, a few books that I was like, oh, I need to buy that book when I heard them speak. So they, they had a a drawing based on everyone that was there and they said, be back for, from lunch at 2 PM. So I get back at 2 PM. I'm actually there at 201. And one of my friends was like, dude, five minutes ago, they just said your name as you won the basket of books. I was like, what? What? They They said to be back at two and I'm here at two. They did it at 155 and then they gave it to someone else. Oh no. <laughs> and so I actually knew the pastor. Dude, no. Yeah, it was it was a horrible feeling. And it was probably $250 worth of books, honestly. Oh, yeah. And so I knew the pastor. I, I had met the pastor there. I was like, dude, you owe me some books, man. He's like, Yeah, I felt bad because he, he knew my name and he was looking for me. So anyway, day two rolls around. I make sure that I'm there by like 130. Cause they're having another drawing. Well, plus we got done with lunch earlier anyway. So anyway, they roll around to the second drawing. They call a name. The guy's not there. So he's like, all right, if this guy's not here, I'm going to give it to Tim who was not here yesterday. Nice. So I was like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. So Very passed cool. out a bunch of books to the other pastors and stuff. But anyway, it was That's cool. Awesome. Uh, I have a, there was a, a bunch of books in there. A couple of books is Craig Crochelle's Gro- new book, which is actually on habits as well. And uh, James Clear, who has a book on atomic habits, he spoke mm-hmm. and just made things very clear uh, yep. regarding habits. <laughs> and the book has sold millions of copies, I think. It's it's one of the, it just, he's been on other podcasts. I've heard him talk about how it just blew up and he wasn't expecting it. Um, so atomic habits, I haven't fully read the book yet, but I have looked, you know, based on what he said at the Global Leadership Summit, he kind of hit some high points from the book. Mm-hmm. And then I pulled up a summary from his website, jamesclear.com uh, slash atomic habits. And so we want to talk about habits today because habits are always something when you hear the word habits, you're like, oh yeah, I need to work on my <laughs> habits or I need a new habit or I've been trying to do this. And right. I tried to do a habit a couple of years ago and it failed miserably. In our own minds, we always have something that we want to work on as far as a habit goes because mm-hmm. Habit formation, I think I've heard more about it in the last five years than I have the last 20, is something, it's kind of a hot button thing. In some ways, it's really nothing new because the Bible talks about it. You know, it's something that is ingrained in us to start new things, to, to take up hobbies, whatever it is. But a lot of times we jump into it 
without a plan, without a strategy. Uh, we have good intentions. Failed habits always are preceded by good good intentions. And so as we talk today, there's a few lessons in this book that we want to talk about and also talk about how it applies to us as Christians. Because yeah. as Christians, we have habits as well that are Christ-focused. And as Christians, we have habits that are not Christ-focused. So we want to talk about both and then share from our personal experiences. So we'll kick it to you. But the first one starts by saying, lesson one is small habits make a big difference. It's easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. So what comes to mind there, Drew, for you, small habits making a big difference over time? This is a huge one to focus on because if our listeners are built anything like me, they run after audacious goals. And then anything that comes along that takes you off course towards that goal, or if you don't hit one of your smaller goals on the way to the audacious goal, you'll quit. Mm. Like that's, I, I mean, that's how I'm wired. Yeah. So one of the things, and we talked about this a little bit on our podcast about working out and physical fitness. Yeah. One of the things that I've just been on this journey on is lifting weights and not just lifting weights, but like, I want to be in like top peak physical shape. I want to be incredibly functional. I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I want to have good uh, cardio, uh, cardiovascular system. I want to be able to like have stamina, like all this stuff. And what I would start out doing is going, okay, you know what I want to do? I want to bench 250 pounds. And then I'd go to the gym and I'd put up my first couple of weeks there, like 185, 195, 205. And I'd be like, you know what? This is dumb. And I'd quit. Mm-hmm. Or I'd go, you know what I need to do right now? I weigh 175 pounds. I need to weigh 160 pounds and I'd go to the gym for like three days. I'd like kill myself with diet (laughs) and then I'd wake up and weigh myself and I've lost like a half a pound and I'm like, you know what? This isn't worth my time. It's not working. What I'm doing. worse when you gain weight too. And you're like, what just happened? Isn't it right? Like what happened? So it's probably the, uh, the fruit snacks you ate at 9 PM. So, uh, at least that's what I did last time. Uh, so So what I started doing is uh, I got great advice from somebody who was kind of wired like me. And they said, you need to start building goals that stack on top of one another instead of Mm. goals that once you reach them, they mean nothing. Mm. So I started small and I started with trying to just count how many days I could go to the gym. And I put no limit on that. And I put no time frame on that. I just said, let's see how many days I can go to the gym. So I went once and then the next day I went and I was like, Hey, look at that too. That's more than yesterday. Yeah. And then I went the next day and I was like, Hey, that's three. I've been three times this week. I've been three days in a row. I've been three <laughs> times to the gym. And then the next day was four and then I took a day off, but it didn't matter. Cause the next time I went was five and I made it a passion of mine to put another number up. Mm. So Starting small was, I just need to put one more number up. And if I put one more number up, it'll stack on top of all the other numbers. So all the other numbers are valuable. All the other goals are valuable. So that now there's no audacious goal. There's just show up. 
Show up one more day. 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 And this morning, I worked out. And I believe, I'll have to look at my calendar. I believe today was workout number 408 or 406. Something like that. I think it was an even number. It was like 406, 408. So I've I've worked out. And that's not days in a row. I was wondering what that number was when you posted. No. Yeah, yeah. So all that is, all that is is that's how many times since the third week of last January I've been to the gym. I thought that so was like your squat, to, like your squat weight I wish, or something. <laughs> I wish it was my squat weight. My squat weight is not that. No, I uh, last uh, last year I went to the gym 244 times. Wow. I know that because at the end of the year, I, I was like, what number am I at? And I was at 244. And now I've just kept stacking. And I'm at, like I said, 406, 408. And I know that once I subtract 244, that's how many times I've been this year. And yeah. I thought about like starting a new count, but as soon as I start a new count, it it doesn't work for me. It doesn't compute. Cause then I'm like, oh, I'm only on number three and I've got to beat 244. It seems audacious. So I just keep stacking and keep counting. And I have no limit and I have no reason and I have no big goal. I just know that if I go tomorrow morning, which I'm planning to do, I'm no longer at 406 or 408. I'm at 407 or 409. Yeah. And that's a win. So yeah. starting small is a really, really big deal. And it and it if you're wired like me, like putting those audacious goals out there, man, if I was to tell you go to the gym 244 times in a year, you'd yeah, be like it's outrageous. What? There's no way. And then you right. miss a day or you miss a week and you're like, this is pointless. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, just just go one more day. Just go another yeah. day. So to me, it's been incredibly important in my gym habit. And now that I know I'm wired like that, that's really carried over to a lot of other things. Now, instead of having audacious goals, I'm like, just one more day. Just go yeah. one more time. Yeah, that's cool. For me, the opposite in some ways, Where when I look at my habits from the past, I tend to get laser focused on a goal for a period of time. And there's like nothing that can really... Th- stop me from getting until I make the goal. When I think about like writing a book, for example, you know, I I spent three, four months of just intense writing. I didn't have to motivate myself. I didn't have to have it on a schedule. I just did it. Right. It just happened. The thing with me is that I don't often create habits that are consistent when I'm not motivated. And and that's not unique to me. It's just when I think about like writing, for example, I, I don't write every day. It's not something I enjoy doing. It's when I get like a vision or a, a mm-hmm. download from God on what I'm supposed to blog or write a book about, right. then I go for it and I don't stop. Even with like working out, when I think about, I used to do programs we talked about in the workout episode, like oh, yeah. P90X and stuff. Right. When I was in for like a 90 day program, I was in a hundred percent and I did not miss a day. Yeah. And, and there's something with me of like, achieving a goal that keeps me motivated through the daily things where, mm. where like you're saying is like, I need to be motivated yeah. every day to get to that goal. It's kind of the opposite. Neither right. one's like right or wrong. It's just like how we're wired. And yeah. when I think too, of like making small improvements, like, you know, I started, how many years is it now? Year and a half I started working out. And then, so I just, I just go to the gym. I go to the gym if I don't feel like it or not, but with that motivation, mm-hmm. it comes, when I've been not sabotaged, when I've lost momentum before, it's because of injury or because of things that have come up in life. And I think it's, I think this is an important practice, especially as you get older in life, because 
It's harder to stay motivated when your body doesn't cooperate. It's harder to stay motivated when your time is tighter than it has Gosh, it was in yes. your 20s. I think it's so much easier to be motivated when you're young and reach your goals. However, I, like when you're young, it's not easy because you can be more lazy because you have the time. Right. So it's a tough thing to figure out. And there's a lot to do with personality. And I think the next lesson on here kind of sets the stage for what I've been, what I'm talking about of where you're at in life and what's, what you're surrounded by is lesson two. Forget about setting goals, focus on your system. Instead, goals are about the results you want to achieve. Systems are about the processes that lead to those results. Speak to that in your life, Drew. What have you seen with like the systems that help you achieve your goals instead of just focusing on focusing on the goals. So one of my, so I'll just, I'll talk about just putting discipline in my life and, and what this looks like. So I recognized, and all of this has happened in the last like three to five years, which just tells you that God is really trying to like get my attention and move me in, in a certain direction. One of my guilty pleasures is I like playing Xbox. Mm-hmm. So I've I've been, yeah, I know, right? You're a gamer guy too. I've been playing some version of first person shooter and Madden since I was 21. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. uh so that's now 15 years of having this habit. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to wind down, certainly. Uh, for me, uh, I don't get, I'm not one of those people that when I play, I get all juiced up. Like I play before bed, it kind of turns my brain off a little bit. It kind of allows me to check out. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm good. And so when I was 21, it was uh call of duty, world war two and mm-hmm. Madden. And when I was, uh, you know, 31, it was call of duty and, or actually, yeah, it was call of duty still, I guess at that point and yeah. also rainbow six and Madden. And now I'm 36. I'm kind of off the Call of Duty train because everything got futuristic. And I like playing Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six and Madden. Mm -hmm. So for 15 years, that's what I've been doing. But here's what I've noticed. I kept the same habit for 15 years and never once took the time to go, what has changed in my life? (laughs) (laughs) 21, no girlfriend, job, all the time in the world. Yeah. Nothing else really going on. Right. 31, one kid, job, not too demanding, but you know, whatever. And and married. 36, multiple demanding jobs, two demanding kids, married. So I had to kind of wake up and go, is this even a good habit to have? Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I recognized that the more and more I would force myself to play Xbox, here's what would happen. I'd be in the middle of putting my daughter to bed and mentally my body is going, as soon as you're done, you get to play Xbox. As soon as you're done, you get to play Xbox. As soon as you're done, you get to wind down. As soon as you're done, you get to do this. And that would cause me to rush bedtime. Yeah. That would cause me to rush through my time with my daughter. That would cause me if if she would get like upset or if she would like have a tough time going to sleep, I would get angry mm. because I wanted to get to my thing. 
Right. Okay, now some people would call that being selfish. <laughs> like me, I would call that being selfish. Yeah. So so I would get mad at my four or five year old daughter because of my selfish tendencies. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to play Xbox. And then I noticed that I would play Xbox instead of emptying the dishwasher. I would play Xbox instead of watching something with my wife or going to bed with my wife. And I I use this justification of like, well, it allows me to check out. This is how I wind down. And so I just decided like, you know what? No more Xbox. Mm. I'm done with Xbox and I'm going to go to bed early. And because I'm going to bed early, I'm going to get up early. And so now I get up at 530 every morning. That's still not that early compared to some of the people I know. But I get my gym done in the morning. I give my daughter a ride to kindergarten every morning. I love that time. It's really awesome. And now when I put my kids to bed, I don't have anything like lingering over my mind of like, you've got to be done so that you can go have you time and me time. It's like, nah, man, as soon as I put them to bed, I'm going to bed. So I got no, no rush. So that was an example for me where I had to, I had to put a habit in place. I had to, you know, again, like we talked about, I had to start small, but I had to put something in place that was not so much like the actual action, but it was now a new system. And so because I changed the system of living for the night to living for the morning, now at night, I'm putting them to bed and just going to bed. And in the morning, when I wake up, I wake up with purpose. Yeah. So my the the system that i changed was instead of living for me time at night live for me time in the morning and that had a domino effect with my relationship with my wife and then putting <laughs> kids to bed right and spending time with your kids and actually enjoying it so for me that was a that was a huge shift living for the morning is the system now yeah that's important to remember in seasons of life there's going to be different habits and different things that we can take on right uh, oh yeah I haven't retired yet, but I've I've heard from people that retired that they're like, hey, this is everything I wanted. And then all of a sudden you're stuck with like, what am I going to do with my time? What am I going to do? <laughs> right. So many people take on a job again because they're like, I have no habits. I have no really goals for this phase of life. And I think when you're right. young or in, you know, we're both in, in the kids phase of busyness and there is still limited amount of time, no matter where you're at in life, what season you're at in life, there's always a limited amount of time. And so for me, when I look back on systems that I've created with my family and with my job as being a pastor, things like, hey, as pastors, we need to pray more. Like that's a goal, but that's very undefined. And so when you look at the very. system is like, okay, well, on Monday, we're going to all pray for an hour in the sanctuary together for an hour every Monday. And we put it on the calendar. We're going to, yep. we want to, we want to be more worshipful and invite people in for worship besides Sunday. On Thursday, we have, a time of just live acoustic worship from 11 o'clock, even if one person shows up, it's there. So as you create routines to to meet your goals, you have to start putting things in, in place. And then personally, I want to pray with my wife more. Well, it would be great if we just automatically thought about it at night, but we get so busy and we get tired that bam, unless it's on the schedule, unless family devotions is on the schedule, which for us, we just had it last night. It's on Thursdays at 7.30. As a family, we do family devotions. So really defining, do we have a system that can support our goals and then put strategic things in place to meet those goals? You don't, you don't, you start with the goals in your mind, but then you have to create a structure around them. Like, is this something that is reasonable? 
I might say that I want to read my Bible for two hours a day, but if I have other commitments, if I have other things going on, I just I just can't right now. I right. just can't. And when I look back at two, uh, like you were saying, what you do to unwind and, and figuring out is this right for me in this phase of life? You know, mm-hmm. I had this revelation, if you will, young when yeah. I was in my late twenties, where I would have this intense stress when I couldn't play a video game, for example, because it's one I wanted to play. But yep. then what what was freeing for me is that when I started watching a TV show or playing a video game or reading a book, if I wasn't really into it, I could say, no, just shut it off and not play it. Even if I invested the money to buy a video game, mm-hmm. if within the first couple hours, it doesn't hook me, I can say, I'm not going to waste another 20 hours on it. Totally. And even now I have, I have tons of books. I have more books than I can ever read. And I just get books and I just want all those books at GLS. Right. Right. When I start reading, <laughs> when I start reading books, I have to really say, is this something I want to invest time in? Cause if it's not, I used to have this stress and I still have to fight it where I have this book. It is, there's good things in this book. I need to read it versus it's not for me. And to be right. comfortable with saying that. And I even said this, I think it was yesterday to someone. I was like, man, I wish you could just be like the matrix when they could just absorb all the info, know. you know, all the books and just be like, all right, I now know Kung Fu. Right. <laughs> so let me learn how to fly this helicopter. Let's yeah. Go. But, but since time is limited and that's a balance for me, I only have so much free time. I've been more of a reader this year than I was other years. And with that, the video games have, I, I haven't played as much right this year. And so it always is a, an opportunity cost for a business term. If you choose one thing, you're going to give up something else. So mm-hmm. when you when you have a habit, a goal, you really have to say like, what am I giving up in order to meet this goal? Because if I want to work out, if I want to be f- a fit person, that's yep. 30 minutes to an hour of my day that I can't be doing something else. Right. It may not be 30 minutes I could be watching TV or eating, right? It, it may not be something that's worth it, the the trade-off, but it is something you're still giving up, right. good or not. As we move on to the number three, I, I really like this one, especially when we're talking about being a Christian, doing these things is uh, building identity-based habits. So the key to building lasting habits is focusing on creating your a new identity first. Your current behaviors are simply a reflection of your current identity. What you do now is a mirror image of the type of person you believe that you are. Now he yep. talks about this as if you want to be, if you want to run, if you want to run for 30 minutes a day, you don't say that I'm going to run for 30 minutes a day. You say that I am a runner. And so because of being a runner, I'm going to run. And I love that. I love that. And I love it when you talk about being a Christian, our identity in Christ and like doing things from our identity, not for approval. So what are your first thoughts on that? Well, my first thoughts on that are he's right. He's 100% in alignment with what I've put into place and what I've seen even just this year mm-hmm. uh, in my life. And it's very similar to something uh, Craig Rochelle does every year and has talked about in multiple books. And that is where he talks about, you need to write down who you are. And then because you've written down who you are, what does that mean you do? Mm. And so it's the same concept. So every year, what I do is every year I write down who I am and what I do. And every year I have a new saying because it's something that I've prayed about and it's something that I feel God's called me into, but it's going to be a challenge to get there. And so in order for me to get there, I've got to believe who I am. 
right? Yeah. And because I believe who I am, then that believes in uh, or leads to what I do. So for me, knowing that now the system, right? I told you the system is no longer night. The system is the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So here's the, here's the question I asked myself, what kind of leader do I want to be? Okay. What kind of leader do I want to be? So now every morning when I get up, if that alarm goes off and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to get up. <laughs> I am a bold, consistent, disciplined, forward thinking, and intense leader who surrenders each day to Christ. Mm. That's who I am. So I say it to myself, I'm a bold, consistent, disciplined, forward-thinking, and intense leader who surrenders each day to Christ. Well, if that's the kind of leader you are, then what what do you do? I get up on time and I don't waste time. Mm. I control my tongue and serve my family, and I progress forward and point others to Christ. So again, every morning I wake up, I'm a bold, consistent, disciplined, forward-thinking, and intense leader who surrenders each day to Christ. Because of that, I get up on time and I don't waste time. I control my tongue and serve my family. I progress forward and point others to Christ. So what that means is when my alarm goes off, I get up on time and I don't waste time, Yeah, right? I control my tongue. I serve my family. And then I progress forward in my habits and what I'm doing day to day and everything that I touch. And the other thing that I do is I point others to Christ. Why do I point others to Christ? Well, because I surrender each day to Christ. Why do I progress forward? Because I'm a forward thinking, bold, consistent, disciplined, and intense leader. Everything funnels down. So I've memorized that. I've claimed that. Mm-hmm. And I've put that over my life. And so starting this year, I created a document and I didn't always, I wasn't always able to recite it and I wasn't always able to memorize it. Now I speak that over myself minimum seven times a day. Mm. Like every morning, it's the first thing I hear as I'm walking to the shower. I am a bold. There's a reason it's alphabetical at the beginning so I can remember it. I'm a bold, consistent, disciplined, forward thinking, and intense leader who surrenders each day to Christ. I wake up on time. I don't waste time. Like as soon as I I say that over my life and I've woken up on time and I've gotten in the shower and I don't waste time. I've already won. Right. I've already won my habits in place. And now that I've won, what do I do? I go to the gym. What do I do at the gym? I work out. Why do I work out? Because man, I'm a bold, intense, forward-thinking leader. And while I'm there, I'm meeting people. I'm progressing forward in my physicality, but I'm also pointing others to Christ in my conversation. And then I get home and I'm around my kids. And what am I doing? I'm leading my family and I'm trying to lead. I'm serving my family. I'm controlling my tongue. So everything funnels out of that. And this is, I mean, I'll keep this, but next year I'm going to have another one. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but but I know for me, it's led to, like I said, it, it's led to uh, all the things, man. When you create the system of now, the system's about living for the morning and not the evening. I want to also start small and start stacking goals. And then at the same time, I'm reciting this over myself. I'm an absolute machine, bro. Yeah. I'm an absolute Sounds like machine. It. Like this allows me to get so much done in my day. I feel like I'm almost robbing the day, right? I feel like I've taken advantage of the day. And and so this is how I wouldn't say this is how I'm able to be excelling necessarily in so many things because I'm certainly to some people probably not excelling in some, but for me, like I look at going to the gym. I look at being a dad. I look at being a husband, leading a church, doing real estate, doing this podcast, all these things that I'm involved in. 
I'm progressing forward. Yeah. And until until that stops, like this is my mode of transportation right now. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in it. And I would encourage everyone to start asking them the, the themselves the question of like, all right, who do I want to be? Do I, I want to run 30 minutes? Yeah, but who do you want to be? Well, I want to be a runner. I want to be the kind of guy that gets up and runs for 30 minutes. Okay. So you got to be consistent. Yeah. You got to be disciplined. You know, you got to have a strong mentality, like put verbiage to that, figure out what that means for you. Use your own verbiage because you know how you talk to you, Yeah. right? So you you talk to you a little right. more aggressive than everybody else. So use your <laughs> own verbiage, write it to yourself, but find out like, who do you want to be? And based on who you want to be, write that verbiage down. And now what does that mean you do? Because I'll, I'll tell you, man. I have so many conversations with people and it's all I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Like my kids, my five-year-olds, I want this, I want mm -hmm. this, I want this. My three-year-old, I want this, I want this, I want this. Christians, I want this, Yeah. I want this, I want this. Non-Christians, I want this, I want that. And it's all I want, I want, I want. Okay, cool. You want it? Go get it. Right. How are you going to get it? Because saying, I want to be in shape. Okay. And I know how this goes, man. There's somebody listening to this podcast right now, and this is this is their system. I I want to be in shape, so I bought a gym membership. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. That's that's as far as they've gotten. And and so what you have to do is I want to be in shape. Okay, I want to be in shape. What if you just decided, no, 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 no. I am in shape. I am in shape. Okay, I'm a shape. I'm a shape, right? <laughs> so if you're so if you're wanting to be in shape, if you're going to be in shape, if you're that kind of guy, like or that kind of girl, I am in shape. Then you need to figure out how to put verbiage to that. So maybe instead of saying I want to be in shape or I am in shape, because deep down you might know that that's lying to yourself. Yeah, you would say something like, "I go to the gym five times a week," right? Or they know me at the gym. You know, like yeah. something that allows you to get something going inside of you. And if you write it to yourself, you're going to know how to verbalize it best. But I know, I know for me, that's been, that's just been the biggest thing, being able to write, all right, what kind of leader am I? And now that I know what kind of leader I am, what does that mean that I do? That's I where that. it lands for me. What hmm. about you? That's powerful. Uh, I love that motivation, waking up in the morning and just saying like, I am impacting my day i'm not letting it impact me and there's so many people That's that right. end, end the day and just are beat up and broken and be like what just happened today is because you didn't take it captive you didn't you weren't the one in control it controlled you right. and i'm not talking about random things that come up i'm just talking about that mindset that says that no i'm a child of god i'm going to be led by the spirit i'm going to move forward right. in this plan and convictions that he's given me and and for me like i've noticed this when starting to pray or to journal or to read in the morning uh, years ago like i started saying that i could never i could never get up early in the earlier in the morning than just right what was bare needed to get ready and get out the door <laughs> totally. right because like, i'm not a morning person then so i claimed that by saying that i'm not a morning person that became my identity yep and, and it it over time i started realizing that if i'm going to read the, my bible at night and i'm going to be on my on that version app and I'm going to fall asleep as I'm reading the Bible, like that's not giving God my best. And so for me to right. say like, no, I'm a Christian that reads my Bible and prioritizes it, then the habits came from it so that, okay, no, I can get up early. I will read, I will journal, I will pray. And then that becomes my routine. And yep. 
too often what happens is like journaling, for example, is that, and this was a joke up at men's retreat as someone, one of our pastors was like, I said I would journal and I had four entries and then I gave up, you know, and we all can relate to that because yeah, actually it was funny because those four entries were super powerful and were like relevant 10 years later and that God used up at retreat. Wow. So anyway, That's God cool. can even use our failures to, to show us things. Hey, uh, now let's but, go. When we say something like, I'm going to journal, and then if we don't for a while, we end up getting, see, I knew it. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, see, I knew I couldn't do it. I knew that I would fail. Instead of saying like, okay, I missed a couple of days. That doesn't change who I am. That doesn't change who Mm -hmm. I am in Christ. That doesn't change what God's calling me to do is to journal. And so even if I mess up, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to see the value in this because Holy Spirit's convicted me to journal, not because I've seen other people do it and I want to model what they're doing, but because for me personally, this is something I feel convicted of. And that's why being led by the Spirit, being eyes on Jesus means that we will do things because the Holy Spirit is telling us to in the moment, not because Absolutely. we read an awesome book, not because we want to do what Drew and Tim are saying, is because we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we will pivot, we will do things that maybe isn't even planned. We might say that, well, I'm not a, an evangelist, but being led by the Spirit, I'm going to talk to that waitress because I know she's broken right. and I know she needs a prayer right now. So it's not even all about just having perfect habits and perfect plans, because when you're led by the Spirit, God will often throw those out the window. And so can we be able to say, like, in response to that, no, I am a child of God. And from that identity, I'm going to do things as God leads me that are both uncomfortable and I'm unsure of, but I know who's with me and I know who's going to guide my steps. Can we say that as Christians with that level of boldness every day? Right. Like, I'm not... So I'm not a dad who prays for my kids. I'm not a one who lays hands on them, but I see the hurt and I see they're broken and I want to be an example. And I'm going to do that in the moment, despite the fact it's uncomfortable because I'm a child of God. Yes. So, so I, I love that conversation. I think we all can learn from it and we all can look at our lives and just say like, okay, God, how, how are you leading me today? And I, I love the the last part of this is how to create a good habit and how to break a bad habit. And I think of this as both good habits that are life-giving and bad habits that are sin-based and that just have us in a sin cycle that keep us separated yeah. from God, at least in our own yeah. minds, is that we feel we can't come to God. And so we just go back to the sin because it's comfortable. Instead of saying, I'm going to break it, I'm going to choose a life-giving habit. And just real quick, how to break a bad habit, make it invisible, make it unattractive, make it difficult, and make it unsatisfying. And if you Mm. think of any habit that we're in, let's just say lust, for example, if you make it hard to do that action, if you make it something where it is it is now difficult because I've put parameters in my life. I have accountability. I have software. Mm-hmm. I have whatever it is to make it mm-hmm. next to impossible to do, and then make it unsatisfying. Meaning that if I if I mess up again, I'm now in accountability and I'm going to repent, which is not something you want to do after sinning. But I'm going sure. to make sure that if I ever do it again, I repent. I'm in accountability, and that makes yep. it much harder to do when it's just done in secret. And we all know that things that are done in secret get brought to the light, usually not when they're small and manageable, usually when they're out of control and raging and destructive. And so we want want the secret things of our life to be brought out to light, the the darkness, the secret darkness of our life to be brought to the light, I should say. And a part of that comes from our identity and from that flows, I think just from that flows life in, as we talk about habits, life-giving habits, the less that we are controlled by sin and uh, the things of this world, the better. That's great. Yeah, I I think our listeners are going to be in a position to wrestle with this and try to discover in their own life where they need to 
uh, step up, how they can step up, what that looks like. And we're here to help you. And what's what's great is that we have an episode coming up. And yep. so if if you have a question about like, okay, how can I beat a habit? How can I start a habit? Or even what we talked about, how can I put some of these things into place? How can I start small in this position? Or how can I set up a system for this habit? Like, If you've got questions around these, we want to help you and we want to dialogue and talk it out in a place where not only you can benefit from it, but you can listen to it and you can recall it. So submit your questions, whether it's through email or through our social media page. And we want to make sure that we have an opportunity to help you in that. Yeah, that's good. And I would say even if you missed the question episode, we're all we're going to do these periodically. So uh, just let us know what's on your heart. You know, you can email yeah. me at discerningdad at outlook.com, our Eyes on Jesus podcast community page. You can submit questions in there. And even if we're not doing a question episode, I'll save those. And then when it comes down time to do them again, I'll I'll bring those up. We'll try to answer as many as we can. So anyway. Good being with you again, Drew. Thank you for joining us. If you're listening, Back uh, at be you. sure to share this. If you learned something today about habit formation, if, if it convicted you in any way, share it with someone else. We appreciate the word of mouth. Uh, we're also on YouTube. You can see uh, the video version of this as well. So until next time, go with God, grow in discernment, keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.